Hey, thanks for joining us today. Ryan Sweeney, View from the Skies podcast host. Uh, check me out on the View from the Skies, uh, View from the Skies, www.weebly.com. Uh, you can check the landing page there with links to the blogs and the blogs as well. Um, and, and you can check check me out on LinkedIn or you can check uh, the View from the Skies website on LinkedIn or on Facebook as well. But uh, hey, um, today we're going to have Derek Poor joining us from the Penny Ryle Area Development District. Uh, and basically he's in charge of, the, of trying to help transitioning service members and grow their presence in the Western Kentucky area. Uh, he's a former 160th NCO and he's got a lot of insight uh, born and raised in this area. So if you're interested, if you're in the Fort Campbell area or you're interested in moving to this to this area, um, and, and he's got connections with Air Court and all the way down to Nashville, the I-24 corridor is one of the fastest growing areas. So this is going to be a great podcast to opportunity to listen to uh, hear what he has to say from both his transition and, and a lot of the insight he gets from companies in this area. So you're going to want to check this out and listen to him today, right now, coming up, Derek Poor. Lay up, lay up, lay up, high ho, lock and low. All right, today my guest is Derek Poor. Uh, he works former 160th, re- retired NCO, stayed in the, the Penny Ryle, uh, Fort, greater Fort Campbell area, uh, working with the Penny Ryle Area Development District uh, in the kind of the Hopkins and Western Kentucky uh, workforce area, trying to help grow that area with, with some of the transitioning veterans that come out of Fort Campbell. But uh, his vast amount of experience when it came to transitioning out of the military uh, and then gets to still see some of the problems and, and, and what works well, and what doesn't with the, with the transitioners being on post and working through some of the, the soldier for life, you know, community and whatnot. So I thank you, Derek, for taking the opportunity to, to join me on this podcast today. And, and without further ado, I'll let you uh, introduce yourself and, and kind of dive into some of that a little bit more. Hey, Ryan, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so as you stated, uh, being in the Fort Campbell region, I'm originally from this area. Um, I grew up here, um, not necessarily the uh, you know military brat like a lot of people like to refer, but uh, just happened to grow up in this area. Um, <clears throat> joined the Army in 98 and um, moved around a little bit in the beginning, spent uh, 17 years uh, with the 160th uh, Special Operations Aviation Regiment. I did a number of things there, right? Worked a little bit outside of my MOS, um, a couple of different roles, which is really great. And I'll talk about that a little bit more later on. But uh, once I retired, January of 19, getting close to a year now, uh, I had to figure out what I was going to do. And through the community, through the network uh, that I built from being here for so long and, uh, you know, having kids that were involved in extracurricular activities, I was able to leverage some of those relationships and kind of reach out to people in the community and get connected to other people in the community that tell me about the job that I'm, I'm in presently. And so I do get to serve as a veteran transition liaison uh, for the West Kentucky Workforce Board. And we work alongside the Penarol Area Development District. 
and we target a 17 county region uh, or service a 17 county region uh, actually uh, but my job in that is to work with our business liaisons in those regions and connect transitioning service members or military spouses to uh, employment opportunities uh, across the uh, across the region so it's a really nice opportunity to be able to streamline the uh, the employment process the interview process you know helping people with their resumes and getting them plugged in uh, to the to the person they need to speak to at a company or business uh, and they're not just you know firing and forgetting a resume on, on a website or a link uh, and not getting any feedback so that's the <clears throat> that's the goal that's really what we strive to do um, is connect people with meaningful employment opportunities across this region all right now now so you didn't you didn't spend any time as a as a recruiter, I mean, m most of your time uh, working with the 160th, I assume. So, how did you fall into, or not so much fall into, but what made you prioritize wanting to get? And not that this is a recruiting position, but but to move into the support of the transitioning service members and, and kind of what kind of advice you have for for service members out there that may be interesting in in these kind of pseudo military liaison type uh, roles for, for companies, um, you know, as companies start to try to attract more military talent, I guess. Okay. So yeah, you're exactly correct. I was not a recruiter. Um, <clears throat> I was, uh, I wasn't in CEO when I retired. Uh, my primary MLS in the army is not nowhere near what I'm doing today. Uh, but through the time that I spent there, had the opportunity to do a number of different things, one of which was serve as an instructor for a number of years. So had to be up in front of a crowd, be comfortable working a room, know how to talk to people, know how to read a room, know how to read a crowd, uh, understand people. Uh, the second uh, sort of, you know, outside of my traditional job, job that I had was working in one of our program offices. So it gave me more opportunity to reach out, connect, and talk with a lot of vendors that we had built longstanding relationships with or that had supported us over a number of years. And so very often I would travel, be on the road, working with a number of civilians and other agencies or other organizations. And so, again, being able to take those um, skills and techniques and little things that you pick up about how do you talk to people and employ them there really uh, kind of added benefit to what I was doing. Uh, now, once I retired, you know, again, I'd reached out to some folks in the community, some people that I knew, and um, totally unrelated to anything with regard to retirement. It was just simply a, a question I had for someone, and because of our relationship, they connected me to a, uh, to a great community leader that we have in the area, um, someone with the chamber, and they in turn uh, told me about this position. So it was a simple, you know, hey, LinkedIn message, you may or may not remember me, but we have a mutual friend. I would like to chat with you about opportunities to continue serving my community and I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee. And we spent two hours sitting over coffee, chatting about, you know, everything under the sun, and, <clears throat> you know, a lot to do with the military in this community. So for me, it was a matter of knowing what I didn't want to do, and then I was able to more, more or less pinpoint what I did want to do, right? And what I do want to do is serve people. I want to continue to help people. Uh, and the best way for me able to do that is to go out and engage and chat with people that are getting ready to separate 
you know, meet the employers in their organizations, in their companies, and then begin to build that connection um, as best I can. So there are a lot of organizations doing a lot of things for, for people, a lot of great organizations on Fort Campbell as part of the Soldier for Life program. Um, and so I'll work hand-in-hand hand with those with those folks. Uh, but for me, really, the, the, the benefit of what I get to do is, like I said, no one day is the same. I'm meeting new and different people every day, and I'm trying to get the service members that are in that window of transition to open up a little bit, widen their aperture, and start to understand what it means to connect with people outside of the military. You know, one thing that we don't do extremely well is network or connect or talk about ourselves. And so, as you know, when you take the uniform off and enter the civilian workforce, you know, it's all about you now. What did you do? What can you bring to the team? And um, a lot of times guys and gals get hung up on what they did as a collective unit in the military, um, or they don't really know how to translate what they did in the military into terms um, that are beneficial and useful to a company or organization. Uh, and, and the same thing goes for companies and organizations. Oftentimes, a job posting they may have has certain requirements or you know criteria that they're looking for and may or may not um, take a chance on someone coming out of the military that you know maybe they meet 50% of the requirements. But once they get to know that person, once they talk to that person, you know, they know or they will learn that they can you know, fully succeed in that role if just given the opportunity and the chance. So yeah, I hope that makes sense. I know I kind of talked around a few different things there. Yeah, no, uh, and so I, I took some notes as we were chatting there, and uh, I want to kind of pick apart some of it. So uh, we'll, we'll start yeah. with the, the, the first thing, um, you know, you talked about was – was leveraging your local your local community relationships and uh, you know that that's and and then you I parlay that with the the you know you getting to interact with civilians and get or getting to interact organizations while you were still in the uniform and and that's that's kind of what I'm emphasizing and whether you did that directly or not. Um, but that's what I'm emphasizing to to the listeners out there, the, the, those folks going through the military transition, is that you you it, the day is going to come one day or another. So you need to leverage all those opportunities because you never know where they're going to lead. So it <clears throat> excuse me, it might be as simple as as going down to the uh, you know to, to the to the local BFT rep or something to start, you know, and practicing on him or her and starting your communication there and then, and then find them where, where it leads from there. Or you might be in, an, in a position like you were out there interacting with vendors and such. So, um, but the point is, is, is it, the networking piece, like you said, we're, we're not that great at it. We don't spend a lot of time and effort on it. And, and to your point of, while well, sometimes the job description is not clear or sometimes we can't translate it or sometimes organizations just they just need they need to, to be comfortable with a with anybody but specifically a veteran or a military transitioner so getting that face-to-face time to um to sell yourself a little bit more rather than just being that blanket resume that's passed through um that that's all vital and and that's all clutch and, and you have to start somewhere and you have to practice and you need to build those relationships and you, 
one thing I would say is that, uh, you know, while in uniform, if your position allows you to do so, you know, engage with as many people as you have the opportunity to. So for me, it was very much a requirement of my job, my position at the time, uh, working with some of these vendors and, you know, traveling across the country, you know, going to different meetings and, and what have you. Um, you know, and out of that, I developed a lot of great connections and, you know, expanded my network and built some amazing friendships along the way as well. And, you know, the, the other part of that is in a, a very simple class that I attended, um, someone in that class uh, suggested, you know, if uh, I'm going to back up, there was somebody in the class that wanted to open their own business. And so the first piece of advice that the instructor gave was you need to go talk to your chamber of commerce. Talk to your chamber of commerce, that's where it all begins. And, you know, there are a lot of opportunities, you know, across, you know, the community or your region, wherever you may be, um, if you just take a chance to get in touch with somebody. And so, yeah, maybe it's the chamber of commerce. If there's a military affairs committee, you know, you can get involved that way. There are plenty of people who volunteer their time and support. And, you know, what happens with that is your network will expand. You will learn uh, more about what goes on in that community and how that community serves the military community in the region. Um, <clears throat> you know, along with that is just taking the time to really think about what makes you uncomfortable and then getting comfortable being uncomfortable. So if you're someone who does not enjoy going to events and networking and chatting with people, that's exactly what you need to be doing. Because anytime, if you're in your transition window, anytime that there is a networking event or a career fair or a job expo, you know, whether you are fully committed to separating retirement or what have you, you know, go to those. Take every opportunity you have, every engagement, every conversation is kind of like its own little mock interview. And so those are very, they're very important because you begin to, um, you know, if you're self-aware, you'll begin to notice things that you do well and things that you need to work on with regard to that interaction. So that's a, that's a, big, uh, a big thing that, again, a big point a lot of people need to focus on and need to really pay attention to um, as far as folks in the military and, you know, the level of comfort in doing that. Yeah, and, and I say it all the time. I say never stop interviewing, and people are like, well, what do you mean? And it's not the formal interview. It's the fact that you, whether directly or indirectly, you're going to be judged on, uh, you know, your brand or, or who you are and everything that you say and what you stand for. So um, and that's that's don't take that as a bad thing. I mean, look at that as a good thing, because to your point, you reached out to somebody. We had a cup of, co you know, had a cup of coffee and a conversation, and it led to a job. And I'm sure you went through the formal interview process after that. But, but essentially, you got interviewed over a cup of coffee. Much more relaxing than, than going out there and and having to sit in front of a board, so to speak, or get passed around to six or seven different interview interviewers uh, to, to see if you're a fit for the organization. So, and 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 at the same time. It, it takes some of that. It not only does it take some of that pressure off, but you get to be yourself. And and what I, another thing that I try to push for, and it goes back to what you said: know what you want uh, or know what you don't want. Uh, if you have to put on, you know, a mask or put on a dog and pony show, that's not you to land yourself a job. Chances are, within within a period of time, you're you're not going to be a fit in that organization because 
it's not going to be who you are. It's not going to be the, the comfortable. And I'm not saying don't be professional and don't dress to impress and all that stuff. But I, I think you can attest that, um, you know, you, you are who you are and you can only kind of, uh, you know, wear, wear that mask for so long until, until, you know, what you believe in your culture, your character, your values start, start to show through. And, and in the end, um, you know, that's probably more important to find out where your fit is and what your interests are. Um, so you can, you and the organization can go best accomplish what needs to be done for the business. Yes. Yes. I would 100% agree. Uh, now, if you go to work every day feeling like you have to put on a mask and you have to be, you have to pretend to be someone that you're not, you know, that's an issue. You're not going to be successful in the long term. The company's not going to be successful in the long term. Um, and whatever product you're trying to turn out is, is going to be uh, subpar, right? So, yes. Uh, but at the same time, you know, knowing that, you know, working in the civilian world is a little bit different than it is in the military, obviously. Things move at a different pace, uh, again, depending on the workspace that you're in. And, and relationships are completely different, right? Relationships are completely different. So, you know, whereas you may work with a company when you're in the military, you know, they're going to do everything they can to take care of you because it's all about customer service. Um, and then, you know, time to separate comes along and, you know, maybe you have an engagement with them, maybe you reach out to them, you know, inquiring about a position that's available or maybe they reach out to you with a position that's available. Um, you know, and, and that relationship is different now. It's not the same. We're not, we're not on a first name basis. Uh, you know, talking about the good times. Now it's very professional, and we have to understand that this is all about business. You know, there's a there's a, a great line in a movie I like to use uh, sometimes. It's, you know, it's, it's not show friends, it's show business. And oftentimes people forget that, and they have to, you know, remind themselves this is the business world now. You know, things are going to, you know, be successful or fail based on your level of input. And what you're doing, and again, as you said, if you're not happy doing that, if it doesn't, you know, click with you, your culture, or, you know, the culture of the organization doesn't click with you, your character, your values, then it's not going to go as far as it possibly could. Um, so, you know, obviously, <clears throat> you know, yeah. being professional in those settings. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no I was going to just say the caveat with that, and, and I say mass, but maybe maybe that's the wrong term to use, but but to your point, it's it's you don't we're trained and we're indoctrinated to, you know, throughout the military career, basically, that this is the next step and this is the path you're going to take. So you need mm -hmm. to go, you know, interview with the battalion commander, or the sergeant major, or whoever the case is, because this is your next step. Well, my point is, is now you have you, you now have control over your career and what that next step is. So you don't don't you don't have to feel like you have to do something. And, and maybe you don't even know. And and, my, and that's why I stress in my you know, from my past is, you know, I originally I thought I wanted to get in retail management. And at the end of the day, um, I really didn't realize how the lack of mission coming out of the military meant to me uh, personally. And, and I correlate that back to brand and that's where i ended up where i am today because now i make engine parts for that go in blackhawks that my that my friends are still out there flying as opposed to when i was trying to work PL, uh you know selling you know, coca-colas and, and snickers type thing so and there's nothing wrong with one one versus the other but i didn't even know it so i i was 
wearing a mask that I didn't even know, just trying to check the block and say, you know, hey, here's here's the candid answer. Here's the robot. Here's how I'm going to fit your job, because that's what I was trained to do for 10 years in the military. And and now it's goes back to what you said, kind of finding yourself and finding out what do you want um, and, and what and is that a fit within that organization or is, and does that organization fit you? Right. Yeah. I mean, so <clears throat> that's you are 100% spot on with that, with the the point of, you know, to this to this period in our military service, 10 years, 15 years, whatever it may be, you've kind of been on that uh, that path. I want to say the glide path, but you, you essentially know what you have to do to progress, and you know what the rules are, you know what you can and can't do, et cetera. Um, and once you put on, you know, that civilian work uniform or that civilian attire, and you go to work, and you realize this is not for me, and there's no room for growth or, you know, whatever level of professional development I thought was going to occur is not, and I think I'm going to leave, you know, you've got that freedom. As you said, you've got that freedom now. A um, good friend of mine said it. He said, you know, every day after you take off the uniform, you are in transition. He said you're going to continue to transition because, you know, things are just different for us coming out of the military. Whether you served, you know, one month, one day, one year, or 20 it's just a little bit different than everybody else and not better, just different. And, um, you know, that's something that I think a lot of people don't take into account. Your first job coming out of the military does not have to be your forever career, right? You have the opportunity to do so many different things. You know, each day can be new and different. You know, you can take the time to research a company that you really legitimately have a great interest in. If, if it wasn't available six months ago, maybe it's available now. Um, and you can make those moves. What's going to be better for you and your family, especially. So 100% agree with you. Um, oftentimes, you know, people will get locked into doing something that they don't even know that they are kind of selling themselves short on what it is they're doing because they have the, the rush, the anxiety of they must find a job. They have to have income when they come out. Um, you know, what are they going to do? Because, you know, to that point, it's been pretty, pretty standard. A paycheck's going to come, you know, when you, when you expect it to. And so it changes a lot when you, when you get out of the military, a lot more, um, a lot more requirement, a lot more, you know, in some instances, responsibility. Um, and you have to pay greater attention to things that, you know, previously, you know, maybe you, you never gave a second thought. Yeah, no, and it, so you must have, I don't know if you read my post today or just read my mind or whatever, but but I, my post today on LinkedIn was plan your transition from your transition, and and I mean that, that most people are going to swing and miss or, or they're going to have a change of beliefs or they're going to have a change of lifestyle or they're going to, something's going to happen, you know, family, whatever, you know, things change, so sometimes your career is going to adjust or you're going to, you're going to misgauge on what you thought the first time. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's why, you know, you're, you're going to transition after your transition. It's going to take time to move through that. And I advocate for planning for the long term. I mean, set, set yourself up a series of goals and set yourself, you, you know, your vision or your end state to be broad enough where it allows for career transitions um, to still accomplish whatever you're trying to accomplish for yourself. And, uh, you know, it, even within the organization, I mean, 
any organization, there's there's no there's no set career path, even if you stay in the organization or even if you stay in one industry and try to jump from organizations to organizations. You know, some organization might value, well, to be an engineer, you have to do this, 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 this along the way. And some another organization might turn around and say, well, to be an engineer, our engineers interface a lot with our customers. So I want you to have customer facing experience or I need you to know the supply mm-hmm. chain more. And it's just every organization's different. Every industry is different. And, and, you know, project management is one I, you know, I, I talk about a lot because it's like, People are being told to put that you're a project manager because you worked in an S3 shop or, or, or you know, whatever. You were a platoon sergeant and led missions or whatever the case is. And it's like, yes, in the military, you were a project manager. But how does that relate to a medical care uh, industry, manufacturing industry, uh, customer service, and whatever the case is? It, it may or it may not. Um, so you have to you have to plan that long term path, I guess, is is at the end of the day. Yeah. That, so I, I like what you said there about the project manager. And, um, you know, uh, just because you wore the right hat, right. You know, with the rank on your hat, you were the first sergeant, you were the platoon sergeant, the company commander. Um, and because you told people what to do and they had to do it, that does not necessarily mean that you're going to be good moving into a, you know, a medical, uh, you know, hardware, you know, equipment company and doing logistics for them at a global scale. Uh, you know, the two do not, they don't match. They don't match very well, right? Um, a lot of people have got to have some level of expectation management, both about what they're going to be required to do when they enter that new world. And then um, along with that, how they're going to be compensated for that. And so, you know, coming out of the army uh, or whatever branch of service it may be, you know, I, I, I would, find it you know um, I mean there are instances where this happens but you know not often are you going to have somebody who just takes off the uniform goes into a company making six figures with little to no experience in that you know um, now maybe it's all based upon you know the aptitude that they possess the skills that they possess um, and again to the networking component of it it's you know who do you know maybe not necessarily what do you know Um, but for people coming out, and again, project management, that's what I did, and that's what I want to do. Well, those are two different things, you know, from the military to the civilian world. A lot of processes involved, a lot of very strict, detailed criteria, um, planning, scheduling in, in the world of project management or program manager or whatever. But, you know, uh, in the Army or, again, military, whatever branch of service you're in, a little bit different. I, I hate it when, you know, I – I hear people, you know, I'll hear somebody tell a soldier, well, you've done human resources because you're a platoon sergeant. Well, kind of, but not really. Um, you know, or you've done logistics because, you know, you, uh, you were a platoon sergeant. Again, that, those two things don't make sense. Now, maybe if you were somebody who worked in the warehouse, you were a supply sergeant for a company or a battalion, you probably got a, a leg up on someone in the logistics world, especially if you've, been with an organization for a while and you've done some things overseas and you've worked with other countries and you understand different lines of transportation, what that requires. Yes, maybe. Um, but for your, you know, your soldier coming out that did not have a spe- you know, specific background like that to say, because of your position, because of your rank, 
you know, you've done logistics, you've done human resources, you've done program management. Uh, I think that's a little misleading at times. Yeah. <clears throat> No, absolutely. I mean, because and that'd be saying, you know, our, I equate our supervisor, our, our first line supervisors, basically they're like a platoon sergeant. They have to manage material, machine, and man. And uh, man is is part of the problem, so they have to, you know, they they have to go through disciplinary actions. They have to, uh, you know, promote, uh, do professional development, uh, deal with personal issues, and all that stuff, the same that a platoon sergeant does, that does that doesn't make them any more of a human resource manager than, than <laughs> what a platoon sergeant, you know what I'm saying? So right. uh, I, yeah. I just, I try to paint that picture for those to be aware out there. Like you said, it's expectation management. Now that's not to say that some organization might not value, and, and goes back to your other point, that 50%, well, you ha- you do have 50% of human resource management, but are they going to mm-hmm. take, are they going to take that, you know, look at your resume and go, I trust this guy to be my human resource man or this girl to be my human resource manager, or is it better to have a face-to-face where you get to sell them, and, and you know, part of human resources is he, the human side of it, so you get to have a face-to-face and a conversation, a cup of coffee, and build a relationship with somebody and then they begin to trust you more and say, okay, I can see this person leading human resources because they're just a really, you know, uh, uh, easy person to talk to, can calm and quell situations. I mean, you could pick up on that stuff quick with people and then they go, okay, and they're smart. They've learned this and learned that. So if I put them in the right position to learn comp and Ben or, or some of the stuff we don't know as human resources within the military, then, um, you know, I, I'm comfortable that they'll learn it quick, you know, with, with the right help. Right. So, and, and so that kind of goes to the point of, um, you know, hey, they, they've got 50% of what we're looking for, 50% of what we need. They can pick up the rest of it, you know. With that, if you, you come into a company now and you're at that level. So you're not going to, you're maybe not in that position where you wanted to be, right? You had to come in and start out like a newbie. Okay. But you have to be okay with that, right? You've got to be okay with that. You know, it's just like, just like, you know, basic training um, or, you know, whatever pipeline you may have have been in for specialized training or organization, you know, you're not going to come into it, you know, at the, the tip of the spear, top of the game, right? You're not going to be the leader coming out the gate. You've got to slowly work your way up, and everybody knows that when they're in the military. It's, you know, you got to pay your dues, so to speak. You know, prove yourself worthy, you know, here, do this correctly, do that correctly. People are going to counsel you, you know, how do you respond, you know, what's happening in with your, you know, as far as your own personal development, what are you trying to do? Um, you know, and those things have got to take place. Uh, people have to understand that that's got to be a part of, this new workforce that they're entering into as well. You know, you're not going to come right out and go into a position as the VP or president of your own company, unless you're an entrepreneur and you've got a phenomenal business plan and partners working with you. If you go into a company an organization, um, you know, you're going to have to start out, uh, you know, like that entry level position and then slowly work your way through the pipeline, you know, get done what's got to get done, do all the heavy lifting, hard stuff on the front end, prove yourself, you know, and then those good things will come down the road. Yeah, and and so so that circles me back to the location piece, and and you know you're lucky enough, and I don't know if I would say it's luck because I don't attest anything to luck, but you're able to an area that you're from, 
So you have some connections there. You probably spent most of your career being being most of it at 160. There's only a few locations you can be. I would guess a majority of it's been at, at Fort Campbell. So it wasn't luck. It was the fact that you leveraged a community and you leveraged networks of, of people, you know, that you know, or people that you know, people who know people who know people. Um, so you were able to stay in a location um, and do something that you were able to support. But I get a lot on this uh, location piece because people, you know, we don't get me wrong. We're all sick of moving three years here, three years there, whatever the case is while we're in the military. And we go, we're getting out because, you know, I want to call this place home. Uh, and, and, and hats off to you if you can find the right interest and the right career with the, for the right price and with the right brand and the right culture and the right organization and the right location. But chances are you're going to have to sacrifice some of that. And, and I just, I want to put out there that location sometimes it's not the, it's not the, the three year, it's not the three year move, three year move, three year move. Uh, sometimes it might be move a year, move a year and then settle for 10 years, or it might be, uh, you know, move, move once for three years and then move, you know, then move to where you want to go, or maybe it's moved twice. The point is, the point of it all is, is nobody's telling you, it's not HRC telling you this is where you're going to go and this is the path to go to next. You can paint your own path and you can paint, make your own picture and you can control that location piece, kind of quid pro quo, give some, take some. And, you know, I'm, I'm a perfect example. I gave up uh, location was something that was primary to me worked in an organization, worked out for a year and then left uh, and then sacrificed location to get into an organization that I wanted to be in. Uh, so location, pet location is now coming back full circle uh, as it becomes more of a priority and interest for me for personal reasons. So, uh, you know, you kind of have to sacrifice something some of the times and and there are opportunities out there but and you know obviously bigger markets you have more opportunities but i just want to let people know out there that you know it's not the location move 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 you still have control over it nobody's telling you what to do nobody's telling you how fast it needs to be done it's just all dependent on on what you want what industry you're in how you know like you said you start at the bottom up you make a name for yourself you can make a name for yourself in an organization within a year. It's not the promote, you know, your, your hot stuff. I'm promoting you one year before your peers. It's your hot stuff. You're getting promoted now. If this, you want to take this position that's open right now type thing. So I, I you know, I can't emphasize that enough. No. Yeah. That's true. So one thing I was going to say is, uh, you know, about the only person who might tell you what to do now is your spouse. Yeah. Right. Because I think most <laughs> of us know, Hey, you know, this is where I want to live. Well, we're not going to. We're going to go somewhere else. This is where I want to go, right? So, um, you know, maintaining that happy household is very important. But you know, to the point of is it location, you know, if you can find the right location, the right job, the right culture, everything is lined up perfect. We know congratulations, you know, you've, you've done it. Um, sometimes that doesn't happen, right? And so maybe it's a location for a family need, um, and you find yourself in a job where you're not 100% happy, uh, but your home life and, you know, um, the community that you're in is great. And so what do you do? You know, how can you, how can you, you know, work on that? Um, you know, one thing that I don't think we've, we've talked on yet, but um, I had a, a mentor who shared this with me was, you know, find a side gig, right? If you have an interest and that interest or your passion is not 
you know, whatever that job is you're doing, okay, well, then work on your passion, work on your side gig on the weekends, right? And then maybe down the road, if you put enough time and effort into it, you know, that side gig will eventually become your full-time gig. And you can leave that company, you can leave that, you know, that, that work workplace that you're not 100%, you know, passionate about and happy about. And so you can maintain that happy life, that, that home, family, maintain your location. Uh, and now you get to do something that you're passionate about, right, if it picks up. Um, so I think that's, that's widely important. You, know, you, you mentioned earlier we want to have a mission. We feel like we need to be, you know, what is the, what's the goal here? What are we trying to accomplish? Um, a lot of times people are very, very unhappy when they separate because there's no mission. I'm just, you know, I don't really know what am I doing here? Who is this supporting? I mean, yes, I'm, you know, making this product. I'm a part of this company, but, you know, what are we really doing on a grander scale? And that's a big thing for a lot of veterans. Um, so to be able to, to find something where they're happy, you know, that passion, pursue their passion, you know, that can make those transitions a little bit easier. Um, you know, and I think that kind of carries, carries over again into, um, you know, where are you at? What do you want to do? As you mentioned, so many opportunities now to work remote, right? So let's say you do find the location you want to go to. Well, before you go, while you're still in your transition window, can you connect with somebody from that company? You know, is there an opportunity to work remote? Um, you know, and, and take advantage of those opportunities. There, there are so many opportunities to work remote now um, than any other time in history. It's amazing, right, to be able to – just the level of connectivity, things you can do on the Internet, things you can do with your phone, things you can do with a computer. Um, and so more people need to take advantage of that. They need to really think about what is available to me. Um, and most of the time we don't know because we don't know to ask or we don't know where to go to ask. Sometimes the ask is the biggest problem that we have, just taking the time to ask someone a question, ask someone for help. And more times than not, people are willing to help. Yeah. And, in, in, you know, the side gig is something that I've that I've that I've talked about a lot and it goes into just like you said, that mission, that long-term plan. And, and I, you know, you understand that as you go through the military transition and then the career transition, you know, it's, it might take two, three years and then you'll eventually kind of get a chance to catch your breath. And then, uh, you know, it's not, it's not the life of, you know, I'm going to get a random call to muster it. At you know, oh, dark thirty or whatever the case is for some right. practice training you exercise. All the time in the world now. You, you have you a lot more time in the world. In the world. Now, right? yep. you know, you, yeah, exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still get calls at home, but I control that a lot more. I know what needs to be done to make sure I don't get calls at home. So I do do what needs to be done and do my job and then some to make sure that everybody else is set up for success and I don't get calls at home very much. You know, I answer the occasional email uh, specifically from my customer because that's, that's who I, I work for. But, uh, and then, then you're going to feel some of that emptiness and that that's where that side gig comes in. And it could be something that starts out just for fun. Um, and then, mm-hmm. then you don't know where it leads, um, you know, and, and, and you take it from there, whether it's, it's, it launches into a career or it just fills that some of that emptiness for you. Um, you know, that's why they have, you know, team red, white, and blue, they have, you know, team Rubicon, some of these other organizations, or, or, you know, you start your side hustle and see where you can make some cash on, on the side, you know? That's right. Yeah. So many people yeah, doing so many great things you know, uh, for just the community in general with that military background. Team Rubicon is one you mentioned. Uh, that's a great organization. 
Um, they do a lot of great things. Um, but <clears throat> to the point of your, your side gig, um, you know, opening that up and sharing that with somebody, that's a big deal, right? Because if that's something you've kept to yourself for a long period of time, uh, and then you finally decide to talk about it, share it with someone, you're really going to focus on it now, right? Because, you know, we, we're doers. We want to do things. Um, hey, this is something I think I want to do. Well, thinking you want to do it and doing it are two different things. So when you open your mouth and you share that with other people, well, now, you know, it's not really so much a sense of, you know, they're going to hold you to it or hold you accountable, but, you know, you shared that, and, and you want to make good on what you said you'd do. And so it, it's really interesting, um, you know, the, the opportunities that can be presented to you when, you know, just kind of, kind of, I don't want to say throw caution to the wind, but just kind of relax a little bit about, you know, what are people going to think? What are people going to say? You know, this is a crazy idea, but you just share it and, and see what happens, you know. Um, a lot of great things can happen. Again, connectivity, uh, you know, connect, connectivity to levels, you know, a lot of people, you know, most people wouldn't think of. Yeah. Um, so, so I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, uh, and we may have covered it, but one of the, um, I guess one of the things you, you asked about before, commented before that you were looking forward to commenting on, on one of my posts. So do we, do we cover that already? Or is that something you want to touch base on? Uh, I think that was the one, uh, that was the one in which you mentioned, um, the side gig. Right, you 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 kind of touched on that a little bit. Um, I think I think that was the post that I had messaged you about, and so yeah, uh, the side gig is big. So for me, um, you know, I started with something. Oh my goodness, let me do the never do public math. Let's back up to the beginning of this right and offer some advice to all of our listeners. Never do public math. Um, but uh, I don't know, maybe 11 or 12 years ago, I, I had an idea for something I wanted to start doing. And I'd work on a little bit here, work on a little bit there. And, you know, um, slowly but surely life gets in the way. I'm only going to work on it when I'm deployed. Uh, I'm not going to take time away from the family. And then, you know, and then things happen in life and you completely lose focus on it. Until one day it pops back up and it grabs your attention again. Um, and if you can, like myself, I sat down and sort of, re I, I made a decision I was going to begin writing a series of short stories. And so I started rereading them and, you know, they were just cracking me up the things that I wrote 10 or 11 years ago. And so I shared that with a good friend of mine and, you know, he said, man, you're crazy. And I was like, well, these are things that we lived, you know, these are, these are good times that we had. Um, and I finally, you know, focused a little bit more on that, shared that with a few people that I work with, um, shared that with some new friends um, new relationships I've developed, and you know the, the level of assistance that people are willing to commit to help me is amazing. I would have never thought that people would say, "Hey, we want to help you with that," um, or let us connect you with somebody, you know, in another city or town that you can talk to and you know get their input on this. Uh, so I mean, I've had some really amazing conversations with amazing people. I never would have expected had I not just told someone, you know, this is the side gig. This is what I'm thinking about doing. I'm not getting paid for it, but it's the thing that I enjoy doing, you know, and down the road, maybe that will turn into something, uh, you know, productive, lucrative, whatever. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's the thing I like to do on the side, right? So everybody needs to find the side gig, whatever it is. If it's playing guitar, play guitar, you know, play guitar in a small band in your community, you know, something that's going to, again, make you feel um, kind of like you did when you were in the military, right? Like 
relive some of those moments. So it's not just get up, go to work, punch the clock, you know, do what you got to do, come home and um, watch TV with the wife and kids or, or your family, whatever. Um, you know, you're out and you're doing something. So you don't fall into the rut of, you know, just feeling like another cog, um, you know, in, in, in the wheel or whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and it actually strikes core because now it's the first time, I mean, really it's the first time that you have some of that control back. We, we touched on it. Um, right. but I'll come out and say, it. I mean, you have, you have control of your life back. You can do what you want to do. And you know, the, the, there is a mentality sure that if you want to become, you know, this, that you have to follow a career path and you have to get this technical skill and this, and this certification and get this education. And some industries and corporations still believe in that. And some don't, some believe in, you know, right. kind of the, the, the rich dad, poor dad, you know, philosophy, I like you to be good at, you know, be able to think about marketing and be good at sales and be good at, um, you know, finance and manage money because it, it's, I like a well-rounded, you know, Jim Collins approach. I want to get good people on the bus and we'll find out what, what seat they fit in. Um, and, and it's great that I love the fact that, you, you know, obviously I'm doing the podcast on the side. I mean, I, I'm not making money on this. I mean, uh, I just enjoy doing it and, you know, maybe it'll go somewhere, maybe it won't. Um, but I'm, I'm also learning from it. I'm learning marketing in general, how to market via social media. I'm also increasing my network uh, for, you know, perhaps positions related to my job or positions unrelated to my job. Uh, so making a personal brand for myself out there. Uh, it sounds a little bit better than just putting a resume out there. Um, you know, people are seeing me and who I am a little bit more. So I think I got to step up of, of somebody who's just, you know, taking this time to fill out a resume. That's my personal thought and opinion. But the, the, I love the part you're talking about writing, you know, short stories. I mean, I just got finished watching uh, Man in the High Castle and uh, um, I'm uh, about ready to wrap up into the badlands i know i'm a bit behind my time because i don't watch a lot of tv but uh i'm like i am going to write and anybody can write a book now an ebook and sell right. it on amazon so i'm like i'm gonna write an alternate history book so that's one of my next goals that i'm gonna do I, is it gonna make money probably not well it maybe i don't know i guess it depends on how it flows but my point is is that you can go back and be that kid you know you can go be that you know i want to be the baseball player or I want to be the the band you know the lead guitarist or whatever you can go back and do all that stuff now and that's the great part about the you know the side gig and obviously if you want to monetize it then it becomes a small business and you got to have a plan and and do your research but there's nothing to say that you can't do it for fun learn some things on the way and apply it to to the rest of your career no I mean, that's absolutely correct you know and with social media being what it is now um, it's it's so easy to connect with people. Um, you know, I, I went right after I retired and I was in a um, LinkedIn networking um, event and it was really interesting kind of learning all the little, all the little things about LinkedIn that, you know, maybe as a first time user or new user, you're not aware of, you don't pay attention to. And so, um, and, and this isn't, uh, this isn't totally accurate, but uh, the, the conversation was, you know, figure out, you know, let's, let's say you're, you know what you want to do when you separate. Now punch that into the search menu. Um, you know, we went through other different criteria for how do you search people that have similar backgrounds or similar work experience, you know, what, what are you looking for? And so I just, I think I just typed in writer because I didn't think that anything would pop up and did a quick search of the area to see, 
you know, who was around me that had any experience doing that. And the first person that popped up was somebody I'd known for 10 plus years. Mm. Um, and so, you know, there's an opportunity through social media, you know, uh, through the, the looking, through the asking of being able to connect with somebody that uh, can give you tips or tricks or help you develop what that is, you know, what that passion, oh, you're passionate about it? Well, so am I. Now let's collaborate and see where we can both go together with this. Yeah. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that because uh, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And uh, you'll find, I mean, I've found, and, uh, and you're saying the same thing, that people out there are, they're willing to help, especially the more you talk them up and, and initiate conversation with them. I mean, nobody's going to come to you and say, hey, uh, you know, so to speak, come to you and say, hey, how can I how can I help you? But generally from my foxhole People are going to help if you ask. You just need to know what to ask, and it can't be really general, open-ended. Like, hey, I need need some help with something. But if but if you want specific questions or specific topics and want to learn, um, you know, and you and you find that subject matter expert, they're going to enjoy talking about it because it's at the end of the day. I mean, I, that's what I go back to the interview piece. Uh, people ask me. You know, what well, well, I have a hard time coming up with questions. You know, what kind of questions? you know, to ask. And I said, well, you should have a couple can, you know, questions. Don't get me wrong in your back pocket, but if you're having a hard time coming up with questions, chances are you're not going to be a fit in that organization. And either they already know it or you should already know it. Um, Cause that interview shouldn't be read me through your resume and uh, it should flow pretty candidly. It should be a story. It should be a conversation. There should be give and take. And if it's just you speak, I listen, I speak, you listen, uh, you know, for, for the two, three minutes at a time, then, then you're probably, you're probably not a fit and it's probably better off if you, right. don't, if you don't go in that organization. And that's what I tie it all back to, you know, and, and that's why I tie it all back to that, uh, you know, never stop interviewing because, you know, you don't know, we're just having a, a normal conversation and catching up with somebody and, and you both spark an interest and have a smile on your face as you, as you go back and forth and tug of war and about, about what the topic is uh, at the end of the day could end up leading to, to the best right. job you've ever had. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the key, right? So one thing I tell people is with regard to the resumes, I, I get, a, I, I do get the opportunity now sometimes to sit down and, you know, do mock interviews with people and, you know, offer some resume assistance. Um, and so I will often ask them, tell me a little bit about yourself. And when they begin to just, you know, um, regurgitate what's on the resume, some stop. I'm like, I don't want to know the things you did. I want to know who you are. Tell me about yourself, you know. And so <clears throat> if you can create your personal narrative um, and identify the things that you are passionate about, identify the things that you're good at, that you enjoy doing, right? And, you know, maybe everything in your, you know, your military history is on your resume, you know, however you format that, Um but that doesn't necessarily mean that everything on your resume was stuff that you enjoy doing and that you're going to want to do in somebody's company, right? So, you know, of course, hit the highlights, the things that are important um, that can be addressed and that you, that you can speak to uh, with pleasure and that you enjoyed doing. And then you sit down and create your, you know, your personal narrative. Hey, this is who I am. This is what I like to do. These are the things that I find interesting and why I think I'd be a good fit in your company. Uh, you know, I identify with this, that, and the other. You know, I, I've, I've done some reading. I understand your company does this. I, I like the culture. I've talked to a few people that work here. And so this is why I'm excited about doing. 
but yeah, to just go back and forth, you know, Q and A, uh, two or three minutes and then dead silence, you know, that's, um, you know, that can be an overwhelming, I mean, overwhelming, uh, moment and it can be, you know, very uncomfortable. And of course, you know, nobody likes that. So it's gotta be a nice engagement. It's gotta be a good engagement, you know, in the interview. No, they're not always going to be like that. You know, you no. may have a great interview and then never get a call back. That happens. Right. But it's about knowing, knowing yourself when you go in there and you're not just the information that's on a piece of paper. Yeah. I mean, the best, <clears throat> the best interview I ever had was not even an interview uh, per se. It was just to get to know. And I, I uh, got to share who I was and what, va- why I valued working for, for my organization. Um, and it, and it was a war story, you know, and we make it Blackhawk mm-hmm. en- engines and, and it was a story about Blackhawk engines. It was a story about data management. It was a story about, uh, personal leadership. It was a story about decision-making. It was a story about pro- all one story, but I didn't sit there and go, well, here's the time my problem solved and how I went about the problem solve. I told my story. <laughs> And it was a good, you know, and I mean, it's a good story, you know, and we had some laughs yep. during it because it had some funny parts, but it captured the audience. And, and at the end of the day, you know, I don't, I don't, to be honest, I don't have many of those stories in my back pocket, but this one just was true. I mean, it was just, it, it, it was natural to tell that story. I didn't have to make it up and, and flow. I just, as I started to tell the story a few times, I realized, hey, this, this covers who I am and this covers what I believe in and this covers what I do for the organization and what I, where else I can add value. So let me tell it to people. And, uh, you know, ultimately I think that's what we all should, should strive to do. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. To, to be able to have that kind of engagement with someone, uh, you know, uh, like that. Yeah. Not everybody's going to have great stories or great opportunities to share them, but, but when you do right, take advantage of that time and that opportunity, because yep. uh, it can certainly pay off for you. Yep. That's great. Absolutely. So, hey, uh, I want to leave you with some open mic time uh, before we before we wrap it up today. Um, so, uh, is there anything else you wanted to add uh, for the listeners out there? Um, whether it's a uh, hey, do this or don't do that, or here's how you get a hold of me, or here's what to look for. A- anything you want, man. Yeah. So, um, number one, right, the the most important person in your transition is going to be you, because you were the one going through it. So, if you send an email to someone and you don't get a response, you know, don't take it personal. That person is busy. They have a hundred other things going on, and so you may begin to feel isolated. You've reached out to five or six different people and got no feedback. Hey, it's okay to follow up with them. It's okay to send a reminder email every once in a while, or you know maybe get that phone number and, pl- and place a call. But you're the most important person in your transition, and so you've got to take full control of it. Because if you don't, that end date's going to roll up on you, and you're going to be uh, you're not going to be prepared. You're not going to be successful. You're not going to make a successful transition. You may be successful down the road, but there's going to be a lot of hard work um, and tough times that go along with it. As far as you know, being able to get in touch with me, uh, I can give you my email. That's easy. It's, uh, do you, how do you want me to spell it? Phonetically or, or what? You know, I, I haven't done that in a long time. I'm out of practice. But uh, D-E-R-E-K dot P-O-O-R. That's poor, like no money, at K-Y dot gov. So you can reach out to me, connect with email, uh, send me a resume. I'd be happy to take a look at it and give you some feedback whenever I can. 
Um, and yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, the big thing is, you know, you, you're in charge now. You get to be in charge of your life. What's going to happen? You got to take total control of it and be prepared for what's to come. Yeah. And I think for the listeners out there to caveat, um, I mean, obviously you're focused on the Western Kentucky, but I mean, Clarksville, Fort Campbell, I-24 corridor, kind of this whole area is is one of yeah, the fa- – so, look, at, look at a map. It's one of the faster-growing areas. So even if you're not at Fort Campbell and you're listening to this, I mean, leverage leverage Derek. I mean, that's what I'm going to say out there. Reach out to him and, yeah, and connect. No. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, 100%. So, uh, yes, I, I do work for a uh, – I do work for a Kentucky agency, you know, West Kentucky Workforce Board. Uh, however, I have a, a, an amazing opportunity to work with a number of area partners. Uh, and I'm also the, uh, the Kentucky representative component of the uh, Campbell Strong Workforce Partnership. So uh, great organization, uh, received uh, quite a bit of funding from the Department of Labor last year to help service members and military spouses in that tr- transition time. So. If you're preparing to separate from this area, the Fort Campbell region, uh, you know, we can get you connected really across across the state line into Kentucky or Tennessee. Uh, so my counterpart, Eric Horton, has got uh, amazing resources, uh, you know, stretching down into the Nashville area. Uh, you know, and again, it's as simple as picking up a phone and calling somebody that we may not have a direct line to, but we know somebody that does. And so we can make those phone calls and get people placed uh, in areas across the way. So uh, it is a great opportunity to be able to, to help people um, wherever they want to go. Um, if it's Kentucky, yes, you know, hey, let's, you know, go Big Blue, everybody's a Wildcat fan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's Tennessee, then okay, right? We can, we, can get, we can get you connected with the right people that will get you connected with where you want to go. Not a problem at all. It's all about, it's all about reaching out and asking. Absolutely. Well, hey, thanks very much for taking taking the time. I uh, appreciate you sharing. Uh, it's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, we, we touched on a lot of different uh, key subjects there. And, uh, you know, I'll put all of this in the show notes and kind of run down the list for, for the listeners out there. But uh, happy to have you on and share that and, and be uh, an influencer and a connection for, for military transitioners and, and veterans alike out there, Dirk. Of course. Yeah, very happy to help. Thank you so much for reaching out and asking. Uh, ask me to come on the show and uh, and do this. Uh, any opportunity I have to talk is great. I'm going to jump on it, right? But uh, now anything I can do to connect people, help people in their transition, get them where they want to go, uh, that, that's what I want to do. So please feel free to reach out to me at any time. Uh, reach out to Ryan. Ryan can reach out to me. Uh, whatever whatever's needed. So thank you, thank you very much, Ryan, for having me. Uh, I do appreciate it. Play up, play up. Play up, hi ho, lock and load. I'd like to thank Derek for joining me today. Uh, it was a really great discussion, a lot of good information for the military transitioner listeners out there. Um, so, as we continue to move forward, um, reach out to Derek uh, if you're interested in, in kind of the Nashville up to Western Kentucky area um, during your transition. He's got a lot of great contacts out there. Um, but but continue to continue to follow up on the View from the Skies uh, at www.viewfromtheskies.weebly.com. Check out the blog. Check out the blog uh, in, in you know 
check out past podcasts. If this is your first time listening, leave me some feedback uh, either on Anchor, leave me feedback on Apple Podcasts, or you can go ahead and just leave me some feedback right on the website. Because uh, what I'm trying to do is leave that foxhole better for the next person. I want to hear what you guys are interested in, in talking about, what you guys are interested in hearing, uh, get your opinions, and, and find out how to make this thing better for the next soldier, the next airman, the next seaman, the next, just all, the next coasty, all of them coming out and getting in, moving into the next level of their career, really leaving, not leaving the military but starting a career, starting a career that they want. So that's what I'm here to help you all. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a great one.